I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this episode. In the red corner, Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the Earth. Yes, the pressure is on this week as our first movie is a beloved cult classic. It's a sexy sci-fi space opera with a million quotable lines, many of them said by the man who redubbed the voice of lead actor Sam J. Jones in almost its entirety. From 1980, it's Flash Gordon. What plaything can you offer me today? The planet Earth. It's an attack! Pathetic earthlings! Who can save you now? Flash! I'll kill you! Let's all team up and fight him. Prepare for torture! I want him. While in the blue corner, what do you put up against the might of Flash Gordon? Well, only one of the best movies Marvel Studios have made to date. There were a few raised eyebrows when it was announced Marvel's 10th movie would feature a talking tree and a genetically enhanced raccoon. Those eyebrows were soon satisfied and returned to their resting position. From 2014, it's the brilliant Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, cool, man. No problem. No problem at all. Who are you? Star-Lord. Who? Well, Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw? Forget it. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. Oh my God, this girl is really turning me on. 
I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to this week's Space Skirmish as Flash Gordon clashes with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, these were Chris's choices this week. Any rhyme or reason, Chris Tilly, as to why we are doing these films? Yes, because Flash Gordon is a film that's close to my heart since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up in the early 80s, it was a staple of my childhood. It was the other Star Wars. We didn't, really, <laughs> we didn't really know any better. You didn't know what box office was. I couldn't. Four-year-old me couldn't really tell what the difference in the special effects was. They were just sort of both fun space movies. You, even a four-year-old you could tell the difference between a fight of spaceships, a spaceship fight in Star Wars... And the Hawkman attacks in the Ajax, attacking the Ajax. It, it's there is no way you end this just like Star Wars. I did, and so did my brother. And so I was, I, ha I was going to pit Flash Gordon, a staple of my childhood, against another staple of my childhood. Told my brother, who I used to watch these films with, and he said, "No, don't do it against that film. Do it against Guardians of the Galaxy." And that was a much better idea. So we part the other film to do next year. Mm. And we're doing these two. <laughs> so, so what is the other film? <laughs> so we're doing these two space pantos, as it were. Yeah. And also, I thought we needed to, to line things up after quite a heavy two or three weeks mm. of pretty dark movies. I don't know. Society wasn't dark. It was sexy. But not as sexy <laughs> as Flash Gordon. Um, right then. Uh, you gave us a clue on last Monday's show, Chris. What was it? Rocking all over the universe. Yes. You followed that up on Twitter with what, Chris? I said, um, if that first clue had you barking up the wrong tree, here's an additional hint for next week. Both these films are quite sappy. All right. Our guest has rolled in on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we are at ClashPod. It's a fun place to come and hang out. We had this from Honor. Honor went with Dune versus Avatar. I immediately read that and went, yes, as a pairing. I don't know why, but I like it. like it a lot. Visionary filmmakers making big space operas, but... Both of them flawed in different ways. It's an interesting one, Honor. Frank B went for The Fountain versus Noah. I'd like to do Noah just to tell my story from the premiere, but I'll have to wait. Uh, Gemma Page and Paul Logue, Guardians of the Galaxy versus Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'll save you the trouble of that clash. The winner is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Ryan Peckett, Guardians of the Galaxy versus Willow, going with the tree clue, the Willow. I like it. I want to do Willow at some point, but I want to do it with Legend, so no, Ryan. And uh, Anthony M. Rose went with Rocking All Over the Universe. Are you doing Armageddon versus Deep Impact again? Also, that was the most stressful episode I've listened to. Also, the worst result, and these are my words, not Anthony's, the worst result in the history of ClashPod, thanks to you two. So... Just reminding everyone that that was your fault. Anthony Emrose also got the right answer. Our only correct guess this week. What does that mean, Chris? The clues were good. That means the clues were good. If one person gets it right, the clues are good. Well done, Anthony. Congratulations. Shall we connect these films? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'll start seeing as we've already established the tree connection. Uh, trees that kill <laughs> is mine. Trees that kill. Groot kills a lot of bad guys. And the tree stump of doom in Flash Gordon kills Blue Peter presenter Peter Duncan. Very good. Uh, Pauline Kale, the famous critic, called Flash Gordon a disco in the sky. I think you could say the same about Guardians of the Galaxy. There's even a dance-off. Yep. Vicky? Uh, Matthew Vaughan was going to remake Flash Gordon, but didn't because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Because it did what he wanted to do. Make of that what you will. Hmm? 
Um, uh, a dumb hero willing to sacrifice himself to save others. Yeah, you see, you've been nice. I put lovable idiots from Earth saving planets with civilizations and technology gazillions of years more advanced than where they came from. <laughs> it's more detailed. It is true. Uh, uh, go on. Uh, well, no, I've got both climaxes involve force fields in important ways. Yeah, and flying large spaceships into the ground, which somehow doesn't kill the villain. Hmm? Yeah, that's a good point. Happens both times. <laughs> um, mortals at play in the fields of the gods. Oh, that's nice. That's good. It's poetic. Uh, portal fiction as well. They're both examples of portal fiction, which is a phrase I didn't really know until doing my research this week. What's that? Thank you. It's kind of the Wizard of Oz. It's when someone from Earth goes through a portal and ends up in another world oh, really and meets nice. all strange creatures. And the Wizard of Oz is the most famous example, but there's obviously, when you think about it, lots of films that are portal fiction. It's yeah. not really a portal, though. They make it very clear it's it's a vortex. And like a lot of things that uh, uh, happens in Ming's world, they just stick the word imperial in front of it. <laughs> it's, it's an imperial vortex. Just like that. That's the Imperial Palace, that's the Imperial Spaceship, that's the Imperial Imperials. <laughs> What's the difference between a portal and a vortex, Alex? Oh, it's a very good question, Chris. I think I know. Oh, no. One is static and one isn't. Wow. I think that's true. Like the the wardrobe in Narnia, static, vortex, moves. Port, yeah, that's the most famous portal, sorry, the wardrobe, exactly. Right. Very good. Yep. See how quickly I learn. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> so, any more for any more? Colour. <laughs> Yeah, acid. Acid trip space. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that'll do us. So, uh, Christopher gave you, Victoria, Flash Gordon. Uh, he gave me, Guardians of the Galaxy. We do it chronologically. So, Victoria, take us on a journey. Square-jawed and voice-dubbed, brackets more on that later, footballer turned hero Flash Gordon shows us his chest, sorry, courage, in taking down spectacularly bearded Ming the Merciless with the help of a mad, brilliant scientist and travel agent <laughs> assisted by Brian Blessed as Prince Voltan yelling his way into distracting you from his bare feet Robin Hood sorry Timothy Dalton who's excellent as per usual and Ming's nympho sorry overly sexualized daughter a lot of costume changes later and the sight of semi-naked navvies flying through LSD clouds like terrible hairy angels Flash unites the warring factions of I'm going to say Mongo but I wasn't really paying attention and defeats the evil Ming mm. Did you write that on acid? <laughs> I've run out of acid since lockdown. God, it's, when you say it like that, it sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you probably know this, but this is the first time I've seen this film. What? So imagine my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know that you love it, Chris, so why don't you tell me your history with this film? Well, as I said, um, it was one of, you know, only had like... 10 videos when I was a kid. This was one of them. So it got watched a lot when I was a kid. And then when I got my first job at Hot Dog Magazine uh, down in Bournemouth, um, I pitched doing a feature on the making of Flash Gordon. And the editor, Tom Hawker, really wanted to do that feature as well. And so it was a back and forth between us. And eventually he said, look, I know this means of the world to you. You can write the feature as long as I can do the Brian Blessed interview. And so that's the deal we did. And so I, I interviewed Michael Hodges, the director, Sam Jones, the star, and Brian May. Um, and it's funny. I can remember when Tom interviewed Brian Blessed. It was in the office where we were all together and he used his phone. He had a little recording device on the earpiece. And yet people the other side of the office could hear what Brian Blessed was saying. It was incredible. The whole office was listening to this. He wasn't on a phone, Brian Blessed. He was shouting from his home in London. <laughs> and his quotes were, were the best in that feature, obviously. And then um, about 10 years later, 
I went to a screening of Flash Gordon at the British Museum, an outdoor screening. And um, Michael Hodges was there, so I got to meet him in person for the first time, which was lovely. And Brian Blessed was there, and I told him that I'd interviewed him and asked him some follow-up questions about some of the sex stories he told me. And what, no? We're going to get into them. Okay. I have quotes. Good. Uh, you can't say sex stories and then just carry on. <laughs> All I do remember is, is Blessed asked me if I'd seen Ted yet. Right. Uh, because, of course, Sam Jones plays himself in Ted. And I said, yeah, I really loved it. I thought it was great what they did with Sam Jones. Then Brian Blessed spent the next t- 10 minutes telling me the plot of Ted. <laughs> 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 then Brian Blessed went on stage to introduce the film. Now, this was an early evening screening and it was all families in the audience. It was a really lovely scene. And he's on stage, they're interviewing him. And I've got a little record, I made a bit of a recording of some of the things he said. And this is one quote from him. I can't remember the context that this comes from. And I can play it a couple of times if you don't get it the first time. But let me see if you can understand this. And I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> Did you hear what he said there? I, I'm going to repeat it. Uh, do it. For Please those do. in the cheap seats. I now fuck anything that moves. Oh, I'm going to fuck anything that moves? I will fuck anything that moves. <laughs> That's Sorry. it. Okay. That's it. One more, one more time. And I'll fuck anything that moves! And I'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> they immediately got him off stage and started the film while all these parents were like covering their children's ears. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I mean, it is rated PG. I'd argue those kids shouldn't have been there. I don't think I'd show this movie to a child. Are you saying my parents were irresponsible when I was a child? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll put it to them. Alex, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, so my 1980s, uh, my understanding of who Flash Gordon was, uh, was based not on this film, uh, but on uh, this. And anyone of a certain age will certainly remember uh, this iteration of Flash Gordon. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. Of the sky, his rockets ignite. Jets into battle, faster than light. Flash Gordon. I wish to watch that. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Defenders of the Earth. A little bit of nostalgia there for you. So I remember watching this um, for the first time, having watched Defenders of the Earth, and it was a bit of a surprise to see a very different kind of Flash Gordon. But I loved it. To me, as a kid. This was a huge, magnificent space adventure. I really, really enjoyed it. And so I was very excited to watch it this weekend. And I watched an entirely different film. I did not, as a kid, pick up on the fact that this, this movie is entirely, and I do mean entirely, every decision every character makes in this movie is based on sex. Okay. A hundred percent. No one does anything in this film if it's not driven <laughs> by getting laid. Uh, and people barter with sex. People use sex as a weapon. People refuse sex and people want to have sex. And that is that is two hours of Flash Gordon. And I, as we go through this film today, I've highlighted every moment that this film is just about sex. OK, so all of it. Pretty much all of it. Yes. So it was an interesting experience rewatching this as an adult. I didn't pick up on any of these sexy things as a child because I was innocent. Well, that's interesting because if we talk about the background, so I'm coming at this background with very fresh eyes, so I might sound quite naive occasionally, but when it was going through development, it didn't start with Mike Hodges. It started, well, originally Dino De Laurentiis, he wanted Fellini, (laughs) but that didn't happen. Um, And so he ended up with Nick Rogue, but they fell out after about a year of development. 
And there is, there's a book that came out recently or just about to come out, which has got some of the drawings that Nick Rogue and his team produced during that development process. And they're very phallic and, they're very, and there's a lot of orchids and there's a lot of very sexualized imagery. And it could, there's an argument that Dino and uh, Nick Rogue fell out because it was too sexualized. His vision of Flash Gordon was too sexy. Yeah, there's a, there's a 40th anniversary, because um, that's the other reason we're doing it. It's the anniversary of Flash Gordon. Oh, I thought you week. were going to mention that. You, yeah. never, you never, miss an, an, never no, miss an anniversary. November the 5th, I think. Uh, December the 5th. And um, so uh, Studio Canal put out a Blu-ray and there's actually a half-hour documentary about Nick Rogue's Flash Gordon, which blew my mind because I love Nick Rogue and I, I'd forgotten that he was so involved uh, with this. So he worked on it for a year with a guy called Michael Allen who wrote Enter the Dragon. And how Michael Allen describes it is what they were trying to do was Adam and Eve being chased by a jealous god across the universe. So their plot was Ming depopulating the universe world by world. And this is a quote from Ming from their script um, to Dale Arden. Soon you shall be all that remains of Earth. You have seen my women, each unique, each possessing the grotesque and beautiful mystery of another world. Each of my women is the sole survivor of a world I've destroyed. You shall join them. So his plan... So it's like it's Thanos meets the Collector. It's 100%. He's repopulating the world in his image with one woman from each planet he's destroyed. Okay. Which is mad. And and a couple of lines from that do make it into this film, clearly. But I, I think I agree. It's probably It was probably too sexualized. I mean, Ming's spaceship uh, was... Uh, covered in mucus and placenta <laughs> uh, in their script. But the big problem, um, and we'll talk about Dino Dorentes a lot because he's a bit of a character, uh, was the budget. It was $25 oh, okay. million. What they, what they, they scripted a $25 million movie. He hit the roof and um, got rid of. Got rid of him. Got rid of Nick. Although Nick did suggest Mike Hodges for the sequel they had planned. Yeah, this is what I read. So Dino De Laurentiis wanted, imagine there would be a sequel. I was like, I'll keep the sets super cheap and spoke to Mike Hodges about the sequel, and Mike Hodges said to him, quote, I'm completely the wrong director. Oh, and he, and he, and, maintains, and he maintains that to this day. I've now spoken about this film twice, and, he, and on, the, on the commentary, the, 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 the feature commentary that he does on his own, he's just constantly saying, I didn't know what I was doing here. Yeah. I didn't understand this. I had to improvise this. I was the wrong person for this scene. He said there was, he'd turn up to work every day, and depending on what the art department had finished mm. and what costumes had been done, he'd just film that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how to make a movie? He's, what have you got done? <laughs> Fine, we'll do that. He's, he's very clear on this new desk that, that if uh, Nick Rogue had made Flash Gordon, it would have been a much better film. Oh, that's very <laughs> modest. <as Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah, he said he didn't. He said it was quite a logical step to use the strip cartoon as the source in terms of the angles, the primary colours and the comic strip acting. That's a quote. Um, once I'd realised that, it was much easier. And it's like, well, I suppose it would be, wouldn't it, if it's all laid out in front of you somewhere else? Yeah, and of course the tone changed because once they got rid of Michael Allen and Nick Rogue, they brought in Lorenzo Semple, mm. who no one talks about in any of these documentaries or commentaries, but he rewrote the script and he's the guy that did six, uh, 1960s Batman. Which I love. Which um, I love. We, we, all, we all love that. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in this. Makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's what, that is what De Laurentiis wanted. He wanted the camp comic book fun version of this story. And Lorenzo Semple, uh, on the subject of Mike Hodges directing, he says, Mike Hodges did a great job directing, but it was sort of out of control, the whole thing. It was really designed around the costumes. 
And then Morgan quotes Rogers on this on this documentary. He says, um, he says the reason he said yes to it is because I hadn't made a film for years and I needed a gig. Mm-hmm. He says that I would never watch this film if I hadn't made it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, he's honestly, he's, he's, he said, I didn't. This is what he said to me when I interviewed him about it. I didn't know anything about comic strips and I certainly didn't know anything about Flash Gordon. All my previous work had been on quite gritty, realistic films. And I told them that, that I didn't know anything about the subject matter or the special effects, but they still said yes. And and he, he tells this story many times that De Laurentiis apparently, when he finally asked him a, a few weeks later why he picked him, De Laurentiis says it's because I liked your face. Oh yeah, I read that. He just liked his face. And, and this is a thing that everyone tells this story that De Laurentiis wouldn't fly on a plane until he'd looked at the pilot's face. And if he didn't like the look of his face, he wouldn't get on the plane. Right. So <laughs> he's an eccentric. I respect that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then to talk about casting, apparently Dino De Laurentiis' mother-in-law was watching Celebrity Squares and so um, <laughs> Sam Jones. So Dino flies him to London. And they, the story is that they quite liked his innocence, which yes. is either true or is a very sweet way of saying that uh, the way that he did it it sort of all came together that's exactly what they wanted um, and George says he was perfect he wasn't a very good actor but he was perfect <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean no he, he, also, he also said he was a blonde buff American boy in great shape and even capable of acting even capable <laughs> such high praise so this the story about him being dubbed I read that but then I also listened to Mike Hodges saying it wasn't as big a deal as you'd think because obviously the big battle scene at the end by this point, Sam Jones had left after a disagreement with Dino De Laurentiis. And it is quite usual to obviously dub your actors after that because you can't hear what they're saying during all those action pieces. But is he dubbed throughout it or not? Yeah, there's an interview uh, with Peter Ma- Marinka. Peter Marinka. And um, there's an actual interview on YouTube with him. Mm, and I watched that. He's really sort of, he's a bit reticent to actually sort of say it because he's not sure even now whether he's meant to say it or not. <laughs> but he says he pretty much did 90% of mm. Sam Jones Jr., uh, Sam, uh, Sam J. Jr. Uh, Jones's dialogue. He redubbed about 90%. There are a few lines in there. But in terms of redubbing, like you sort of go, oh, is that really his voice? And it is. So Peter Marinka was doing an impression oh, of. Okay. Sam Jones. So Sam Jones um, does sound like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's funny. I didn't know this story when I was doing my feature. So when I phoned up Sam Jones, he answered the phone and I said, "Could I speak to ja- Sam Jones?" And he said, "I am Sam Jones. You don't recognise my voice." His voice has become much deeper since then, maybe. Mm, yeah. But he did not sound like the bloke that I heard in the film. Right. And I said, "I was. I, it was a bit awkward how it all kicked off." And then he sort of went into the story and he, and he said to me, "The problem was over money. I wasn't receiving anything. These checks had to be sent to an account and they weren't. It didn't really bother me because I was being well taken." care of but I was young and I had a whole entourage of people around me and the decision was taken to go into litigation uh, Dina Laurentiis apparently said uh, the Pope dies you get a new Pope <laughs> that's how we, <laughs> here we got rid of him but it, it was really I, I was quite moved by it because he I spoke to him for half an hour and he was so depressed for this half hour mm. um all he wanted to talk about was this situation. He didn't really want to talk about the film. And he said, if I had to do it all again, I probably would not have sent my attorneys. But it's easy to say that with hindsight. And he does really believe it destroyed his career Yeah, um, doing this. There's a bit more about that. He said that um, Dino De Laurentiis wanted him to sort out this money situation and said to him, why don't you step into my office? I'll give you what you want. And Sam Jones said, I don't think that would be very wise of me. You've done 300 movies. I'm 23 and I'd agree to what? I wouldn't know what I'm agreeing to. And then he says, in hindsight, I'd signed a six-picture deal, so I should have gone in there and appeased him. But my attorney said the only way I'd get paid was not to show up to work. And I went with that without thinking of the outcome. 
I didn't know it was the three biggest days of filming with 400 extras, and I decided not to show up, costing the movie a fortune. So after that, he never went back as far it's as I can It's funny you tell. said the thing about the 300 films, because Mike Hodges said whenever he had a problem with the shooting... <laughs> Dino De Laurentiis' comeback is always, I've made 300 movies. Mm. And he's like, well, I've, how many have you made? He's like, I've made seven. He's like, well, I've made 300. But the <laughs> number never changes. Even in his, later in his career, he's always made 300 films. <laughs> yeah, they talk about how it's the, perhaps the first time in cinema history that a $30 million production was completed after the star had gone AWOL. So, yeah, but he is, like you say, really regretful that uh, mm, that's th- the way it played out. There's a documentary <laughs> called Life After Flash, mm, which I yeah. think was on Amazon Prime, where it tells kind of his story. It tells the making the film a little bit, but also his story. I mean, he's doing all right now. He's, he's gotten over it. But, yeah, it's, it's sad, really. Yeah. Um, that, and that's as much as I've got, if, unless there's any other fun anecdotes. Well, Casting-wise, I've got a bit more Dino De Laurentiis. Um, he called up Mike Hodges uh, one day when he was watching uh, Wales playing rugby on the telly. Right. And said to him, um, gave him a bunch of numbers of players he'd seen on the Welsh team and wanted Michael Hodges to track them down to cast them as Hawkmen in the film. That's a good idea. And Michael Hodges said, that's not how it works. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, but Blessed got the role. Um, uh, and he said that, as he told me when I asked him about this, as a child in Yorkshire, in the local cinemas every Saturday, we'd have Buster Crab's Flash Gordon cereal in the black and white um, on the on the screen and uh, they're absolutely sensational then we would go outside and reenact them and I would always be Volton hmm. um he believes he was born to play that role but I've got quite a few um Brian Blessed anecdotes to, to I don't know if I believe any of them <laughs> he takes a lot of credit for a lot of things that happen in this film there's there's a whole commentary that he does on the blu-ray which I couldn't be asked to listen to because I know it's just going to be made up lies <laughs> Um, he says the Queen's favourite film is Flash Gordon and she watches it with Wills and Harry um, uh, he, he says that um, uh, he, uh, Max von Sydow um, didn't know how to play Ming so Brian Blessed told him okay. he said Ming's a magician so use your hands so he says that's why Ming's using his hands all the time okay. and, and this is one other story he told me about after they'd cast um, von Sydow he said uh, Blessed said Max was a very shy man and one day he came up to me and said Brian in my dressing room there is some woman in my bath preparing herself I think for me sexually and it is impossible because I'm a happily married man <laughs> so I said fuck it I'll sort her out <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'll sort her uh, out I'll fuck anything <laughs> <laughs> like it's a job to be done like, I've got a million things on today I'll do that first and then but I'm keeping the sandals on <laughs> and the wings no he said that he, he did tell me that women found him very attractive the extra found him very attractive when he was in that outfit Good. I just don't Good. believe that but, but fine there were some other casting options weren't there Dino De Laurentiis originally wanted Kurt Russell uh, to play Flash Gordon uh, who turned it down because he felt the role was one dimensional uh, true uh, and also a young Arnold Schwarzenegger was denied the role because of his thick accent but he was a uh, in the frame briefly. I think we've These proved that you the- can dub in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Schwarzenegger did get dubbed a lot at that time. Mm. I mean, the, all, all the information <laughs> I've found out is uh, from Brian Blessed's autobiography. So, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Pinch of salt. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's about it. Shall we talk about the film then? Aye. Okay. Uh, so this is the first thing that amused me enormously. Ming is in a spaceship and he's got all these mean buttons that are going to do things to Earth. But despite the fact that he's never heard of Earth, there is a button that says earthquake, which I thought was 
mildly amusing. Why is that weird? Because he's never heard of Earth. So Earth's, Earth's in the ground. Yeah, but if you were on an alien planet, you wouldn't call it Earth, would you? You'd call it something else. What would you call it? No, but it? an earthquake is it's not about the planet. It's about Earth in the in the ground, yeah, like what, soil. Yeah, but why does he have the word Earth in his vocabulary? Because it's a word. Earth is soil. Yeah, but not in space. Would you be okay if it had said soil quake? No, ground quake. Right. Okay. Ground quake. Okay. Uh, the word earthquake comes from Earth quaking. Yeah, the ground, the soil. Yeah, but other so, planets. Oh my god, I can't believe we've got stuck on this. <laughs> it's going to be a long show. <laughs> Earth, Earth has two meanings, and he's talking about the soil, the ground. Right, They'll so be on other at, planets. But why? A he's an soil. he's an alien from outer space. <laughs> so why would he call that an earthquake? He'd call it something else. Because if he did it on another planet, it yeah. would be it would be quaking the earth there. No, it'd be uh, quaking the whatever they call the earth, which would be something else. Why would it be something else? Because they have a different word like, for what, it. Like, what, like moving rush? Mars quake. Exactly. Venus quake. <laughs> right, okay. Whatever. Me, whatever, mm. but not earthquake. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, hot hail. That's um, all I'll say there. Can we go back to just before the very start of the movie when I uh, put it on Sky and uh, the little box where it normally just tells you uh, the information on the movie you're about to watch said... The film has outdated attitudes, yeah. language and cultural depictions which may cause offence today. Strong language, violence, sex and mature themes. That prepared yeah. me for a movie that I don't remember as a child. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, oh, here we go. But it wasn't as bad as I thought no. it was going to be. Yeah, no. it's basically fine. Yeah. Um, hey, basically fine. It's basically fine. There's worse. There's other things to get upset about. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to find some. Uh, so we meet Flash Gordon as he is mansplaining turbulence to did you, Dale. Did you clock who was carrying their bags onto the plane? No. Yes. Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. For Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> and before he does that, though, Flash introduces himself to Dale Arden yes but he's got his name on his shirt surely you have your name on your shirt so you don't have to introduce you yourself to like people yeah. <laughs> just do the point mm. um, she is inexplicably a travel agent which I didn't understand <laughs> and I still don't understand who's scared of planes she's scared of planes and I suppose that's a sort of cute thing but why is she a travel agent and why is she with him and why are they in a private jet I don't understand any of it yeah none of that really makes sense okay. but then they sort of stayed at the hotel uh, the night before because Flash sort of creepily goes I saw you at the hotel last night I asked the maitre d' who you were and then he's clearly read an early edition of the game because he starts <laughs> like shaming her to try and like, appear, like make her go well you're right I should be with you because he goes you were on your own at the hotel all by yourself Alone. Mm -hmm. There was no one else there. Just you. Mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we meet Dr. Zarkov, who is certain he knows what's going on with the disappearance of the sun. Now, there's the, I understand this is a first time viewer's gripe, but I was expecting like a bit of context or a bit of like, where is the general public? You mean, why does he work as an astrophysicist in a botanical garden? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Because then after he tricks them into a rocket, shouldn't do that. Doesn't they smash through the roof of a greenhouse? Yeah, he works. <laughs> his, his laboratory is in a botanical gardens. And also yep. he carries a gun. And, yes, he does. And will not, he doesn't even give someone a chance to debate the pros and cons no. of getting into the rocket. Bunsen, it's like getting the rocket. No, I've got a gun. <laughs> I have a gun. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, did you did you recognise Munson though? His, is it uh, Munson? I called him Bunsen. Is Munson? Yeah. Did you recognise that actor? No. No. He's William Hootkins. Oh I, yes, I we've done him on the show. He's in loads of stuff. Uh, he's in he's in the Dark Knight Rises. But what else is he in? He's famously Porkins in Star Wars. That's right. Yeah. What did we do him in? Oh, I can't remember now. He only had a really small role, didn't he? 
Can't remember. Mm. Doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway, so bear with me. So Flash and Dale are tricked into a rocket, goes through the greenhouse. Great. Then do they have a little sleep? Or... <laughs> No, no, because uh, Dr. Zarkov, uh, whose credentials as an astrophysicist already yeah. seem shaky at this point because they, they take off and he pluralizes G-force. He does. He goes, he goes keep, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot about a, a red pedal on the floor at this point, possibly <laughs> too much. The fact that red pedal appears in six different pieces of dialogue <laughs> by different characters. Yeah. Anyway, he's got to get Flash to keep your foot on the pedal or the G-forces will kill us. Yeah. Yeah. But then I thought, oh, so it's G-Force, they're not having a snooze. No, the G-Force knocks them out. Oh, okay, because mm. that made me cross, because it's by the time you arrive at this planet, you're on the back foot because you had a nap. Mm. Anyway, um, so we're on the planet Mong, is that correct? <laughs> not Mong, Mongo. Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got Mong question mark in my notes like yeah, seven times. Wrong. I didn't check, <laughs> no, that's so lazy. It's Sorry. Mongo. Mongo, okay, mm. well, that's obviously loads better. Anyway, um, so we land on an alien planet and we're about to meet the inhabitants. Flash and Dale are A, not at all bothered that aliens are real. And, and B, not bothered about being kidnapped and sent to actual space. Everyone, Everyone's very chill in this film. Everyone's very chill. <laughs> um, when the alien fires its laser hand at Flash's throat, he's like, all right. All right. <laughs> Just all in a day's work. And then some very, say what you like about Dr. Zarkov, but he's very good at reading people because you've got some very subtle, very light touch dialogue here, which is, these poor wretches are looking for someone to lead them in revolt. <laughs> really? Yeah, he describes it as a police state. <laughs> yeah. So you've got, you've gathered a lot, especially from people wearing full face masks, <laughs> that you can tell that they're looking for someone well, to lead them in revolt. Okay, I'm going to defend him now for no good reason. Maybe he's been, you know, it's very it's, it's, it's very clear in this film, he's, he's experienced World War II, he's been through all this, yes. he's seeing this police state around him, the way they're dressed is very uh inspired by you know nazi clothing and 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 uniforms and things so maybe that's he's immediately seeing that in okay these people. fair enough that's fair i mean i don't really believe that mm. but no it's a good counter argument and i buy i would buy that um so we meet now you're gonna have to help me out because i misheard a lot of things i think but being this film seeing as though it is what it is mm. maybe i didn't mishear them right so we meet brian blessed as prince voltan now, I can't even say it without laughing. Does he say magic ice cube at this point? <laughs> I swear to God. I heard him say, behold the magic ice cube. And I thought, well, that sounds good, but I don't know what that is. Does uh, he say magic ice cube? I can neither confirm nor deny uh, that it's, it's actually possible, but I don't. I, it seems unlikely. Okay. Fine. He mm. looks resplendent, though, he, in his uniform. This whole bit is great. This idea of people bringing tributes to, to Ming the Merciless. Yeah. I like this. Mm. I, it's a, it looks gorgeous. The set and the costumes, it's very nice but to look at. Blessed told me that on that set, he said, uh, the fucking bastards built me a perch. So I sat on it and all the camera boys came over going, pretty prolly, pretty polly. And I said to them, fuck off. All of you, fuck off. <laughs> He's a man after my own I've heart. Got, I've got more. I've got more from him. <laughs> he should have enjoyed that perch. Apparently, I was reading that uh, the Hawkmen, because of the way their wings were designed, once they had them on, they couldn't sit down to relax. Mm. So they had to lie face down on the ground. <laughs> and that whenever they got a break, you'd just see all the Hawkmen like face horrible down. Horrible moths. <laughs> Aura, Princess Aura, uh, when she walks in, she's got a little pet alien. Did you hear what that alien was called? No. Yep. Fellini. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Deep Roy, our friend from the Never Ending Story episode. Yep. Oh, yep. okay. 
Oh, that's lovely. Um, what about Ming's motivation uh, when he's asked about uh, why he's attacking Earth? Um, because Sarkov goes, why do you attack us? <laughs> and, and your motivation for the main protagonist in this film is, why not? Is that what he says? He says, why not? Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, because it's Max von Sydow, I didn't notice because he's a, a touch of class throughout the whole thing. So that he got away with that. Right, sex alert! Sex alert! The ring of no consent. Is that what you're going to say? What on that? earth? <laughs> so he fires his ring of no consent at <laughs> Tail, <laughs> and it immediately arouses her beyond yeah. all belief. Yeah. And, and even at a distance, he can caress her. She's so aroused, it blanks her memory with his hand. And that, that that whole thing is already like, well, this isn't right. Uh, but then uh, Clytus, his gold-masked friend, goes, have you ever seen such a response? She even rivals your daughter. Uh, what, 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 why, have you, why have you put the ring of no consent on, on your daughter at oh, any point? No. Was it an accident? Were you just doing it and you missed and you hit your daughter and, and then you have an argument? But beyond that, it's like, we, no, there's no excuse. You should not be doing the ring of no consent on a daughter. I think, that, I think there is, a, a, I, mean, I know we did society last week, but there is a suggestion of incest throughout this film, which is deeply troubling mm. to me as an adult, knowing how much I love this as a four-year-old. Um, but also, you mentioned Peter Wingard what a performance from him you never see his face he was you know in every interview I read or saw with him he's so upset he spent every day arguing with Mike Hodges can I take my mask off I want people to see me but he I think he he projects a lot from behind that mask Clytus is is a real MVP in this Agreed. Um, so then, which handily enough for Flash Gordon, there's a fight, but it's a football-themed fight, so he can excel in this moment. <laughs> so uh, apparently, like a lot of this movie, um, Dale, um, what's her name again? What's the actress called? Anderson, something Anderson. Melody Anderson. Melody Anderson, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Melody Anderson said that, um, uh, like a lot of this film, they just came up with that on the day. There was a fight scene in the script, and Sam Jones went, well, he's an American footballer, so why don't we do it like an American football match? And Michael just was like, I can go for your life. Yeah, he's in that mood, isn't he? Just whatever. <laughs> and then um, uh, Melody was like, well, then I should be a cheerleader because I'm an all-American girl. And that's why you get that cringe-inducing moment <laughs> where she's going, go, Flash, go! Yeah, someone needs to teach her how to clap. <laughs> um, you've got blessed bonking people on the head, which is really good. I think that really suits his character. They just come past him and he smacks them over the head that and giggles. Yeah, he fair. laughs whenever he hurts or kills anyone in this film. Yeah. Which... <laughs> He laughs at everything. Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like after any line he says, funny or not, he laughs. Yeah, he said. He said to me, um, um, on this film, never have I known such artistic happiness and freedom. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, um, so at this point, again, first time viewing, I realised that lots of things on this alien planet are familiar, such as we have a common language, mm. the idea of a secret police, and your boyfriend calling you a lying bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what Prince Barring does to Princess Orton. Timothy <laughs> Dalton swears so well in this movie. Yeah. Now, the, a word that you don't hear a lot used in an action-adventure movie as an insult, for whatever reason, is bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He spends the final third of this movie calling everyone mm. he meets a bastard. Bastards! And bastard! <laughs> you bastard! And this is the second time we've seen him play um, Errol Flynn in a movie I this know. year. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But he does it very well. I love him in this. 
Um, so to, to move the plot along, uh, Ming wants Flash dead, so he's off to the electric chair to well, be gassed. Not before he's uh, locked up in an S&M dungeon uh, yeah. in the tiniest leather shorts you can find and some sort of grotesque mask put on his head. Yes, I think he's going to have a sexecution. <laughs> a sexecution. I love the bit where he's like, bring Dale in, I want to see him. He's like, you look fucking great. Uh, on watching this scene, Hodges says, um, now that I watch this, there is an undercurrent of sadomasochism I didn't realise oh, at I the time. I didn't realise. <laughs> What am I like? So here's my first analysis of what's going on because uh, Aura Aura frees um, Flash, but Mm -hmm. it happens like this. We find out that Aura is with Timothy Dalton who wants to have sex with her, Mm. but she sends him away so that she can bring Flash back to life with the help of the Imperial Surgeon who she's had sex with and who wants to have sex with her again. But in the meantime, he's bringing Flash back to life for her to have sex with. And also, um, yes. uh, Michael Hodges on that commentary says he doesn't understand why Clytus is sniffing that. He puts a, a, a handkerchief to his face and sniffs it. But in his interview, um, the guy that plays Clytus says that that is Aura's handkerchief. Do you know what I thought you going to say? Aura's knickers. As good God. as... So so in his mind, Clytus is having sex with Aura as well. So she's having sex with everyone. Mm. Yeah. I think that took that I, as a given. Yeah. Oh, I love her. I love her so much. Fair enough. She's amazing. Fair enough. I do remember being a young yes. boy and going, I mean, come on, and going hubba hubba. There's yeah. a lot of confusing <laughs> emotions when you're it's watching that girl so and you're five years weird. old. So <laughs> yeah. weird. Yep. Yeah. Lot came flooding back to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. So meanwhile, Dale is in some sort of harem, uh, giving the other slaves shit by slapping them before Ming pops in for a bottle of a uh, little bit of rape. Yes. She won't remember it though. Or rather, uh, as the slave says, she's given a special drink. It, may, it won't make you forget but it will make you not mind remembering. I think that's quite a good line. It like, it's quite powerful, really. It's booze from the galaxy of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Which sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'd have it. And I mean, if I had to be in a sex harem just to get that drink, I would consider it. A quick question. Um, Zarkov gets his mind wiped, which is quite it a does. good bit. Yeah, it's a really good bit. Uh, uh, it's quite a brain drain. Mm, I actually really enjoyed that bit. Me too. Uh, although I didn't really... Under- Did his wife drown after someone pushed her in a swimming <laughs> yes. pool at a party? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's bad, isn't it? It doesn't it's really, really work. It's really weird. And <laughs> loads of people push her in the pool and then it cuts to her body floating in the pool. Yeah. So th- at a party, he was uh, presumably throwing because it's his vision. Mm-hmm. It's his point of view. He sees her thrown in the pool and then she's just dead. Yeah. Right? Okay, well, good. Weird. I, I used to have to wind through that scene when his brain gets wiped. I found that really, something about that really disturbed me when I was little. And I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't watch that. I don't know what it is. I don't find it as frightening now. Nazis, but it, maybe? It's not like an Nazi. I think it was just the, it was, it was the fear on his face and sort of the pain, the noise he makes when he's seeing and aware that all his memories are being taken from him. Yeah, but he's all right because he's going to recite the Talmud and Shakespeare <laughs> and just resist that. And he's absolutely fine. And the Beatles. Yep, and the Beatles. Beatles. Did you, the only thing that's different about him afterwards is he calls Dale girl a lot. He's like, hey, girl, <laughs> I can survive this. But never refers to his girl prior I, to that. I guess just the concept of losing all my memories was really frightening to me it is terrifying when I was, yeah. when I was little yeah. uh, and in case we weren't clear Clytus is a, a bad dude when Hitler pops up uh, he goes <laughs> now he showed promise <laughs> that's a good line so another uh, mishearing incident of mine Princess Aura and Flash are in the spaceship yes. going to Timothy Dalton's house tree house. Filth. filth I heard her say on my life 
the left hand controls the erection and I'm taking you to syphilis. And that's why. <laughs> How have you made a film that is already seeping with sexiness even weirder? I was going to say, she's literally just said, use your fingers too this time. Gently, darling. It's extremely sensitive like me. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need you to make up anything. That's true. She, that's true. she sits in every conceivable position a woman can sit on a man in that chair. She doesn't look comfy, does she? Um, but anyway... There we are. That's her character. But they do make it to the Dagobah system uh, <laughs> with Timothy Dalton. Uh, so let's um, let's have a short break and then we'll come back to the system. <laughs> Arborea. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So now we're off to some tree houses to meet. Is he called Peter Duncan from Peter? He is. Yep. He oh is. So my this God. was, this this was so upsetting. Super, it was super exciting, though, as it, and disturbing. I mean, this is one of the most frightening things I ever saw when I was a kid, apart from that Superman 3 scene. This is the other scene that gave me nightmares. But also, it was super exciting because this guy you saw on Blue Peter was suddenly in this movie. I can't believe he was allowed to. Was he on Blue Peter at the time? I think he got the, I think he got the Blue Peter uh, gig when he was shooting this or around the time he was shooting this. So I just they... imagine when you're about to sign up for a flagship kids show on the BBC, 
they must be so stringent about is there anything in your past mm. that could in well, any way like well shed- around that time there was a there was an issue with a, an actor who was on it who'd been involved in sort of like porn and- I just said they didn't give a shit back then did they different times well like- no it became a big tabloid story that this this guy who was on Blue Peter had done some porn right. uh, before Blue Peter and his his stories are t- horrible well it's actually, only because but- you get to the treehouse and Prince Laura's like this is their initiation ceremony it's like oh it's obviously an orgy and then it's like then it's not it's some why is it obviously an orgy because of the noises oh there are sexy, there are sexy noises. noises yep Yep. Um, and also, um, the famous playwright John Osborne, yeah. who wrote Look Back at Anger, he's the first person you see in Arborea. He's like the chief. And Michael Hodges on that commentary apologises. He said, oh God, I feel bad for John Osborne. I made it look like he's jerking off because <laughs> he's, he's pushing like a, a bit of tree up and down. <laughs> so that's quite funny. Yeah. That's a new law. But yeah, uh, th- that scene with Peter Duncan really effed me up when mm. I was little. Okay. Really upset me. 100%. Yeah. Because he chooses to die or because it's Peter No, Duncan. because the whole idea of putting your hand mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the hole. And, uh, you know, while we're on the subject of, of this, this movie is full of things plunging into holes mm-hmm. or people being impaled by phallic things. Yes. Uh, but nevertheless, the idea of that beast, it's called the wood beast, that mm-hmm. scorpion-like thing in that trunk and like having to pick a hole, there is something really terrifying about that it screwed me up too and then for it to be so bad that he begs to be murdered mm. rather than face the madness of it yeah it reminded me of actually Wrath of Khan do you remember that when the, 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 the earwig thing goes yep. in the ear yeah. it's a sim- it was a similar fear of, of that of that madness but orifices it's all about orifices everything is very scary for a young boy <laughs> Um, but so the would be thing I did like that apart from Peter Duncan because I found that discombobulating but then when Timothy Dalton wants to kill Flash he makes him do the tree hand thing which he aces and then he's like best of three <laughs> he does classic. it again Absolutely best classic. of five best of five and it's like there's no rules like, none of this that's not fair um, so Aurora's turned up with Flash hasn't she so she she's basically there to ask her boyfriend Timothy Dalton to keep her sex puppet for her until her father has has, has has had his way with his sex puppet Dale at which point Dalton can then have his way with Aura so there's right, a lot yeah. more sex options going on here <laughs> okay. little like working out uh, but after hearing this Timothy Dalton hears all this the, the sexual advances and goes I'll keep him for you in my larder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love, we've come away from this tree stump of doom and he's, then he's talking about his larder, but we also have larders here <laughs> so I can store him in a larder. I also like the madness of the cast as well in this film because this is where we meet Richard O'Brien playing a <laughs> <Yay>! recorder. <laughs> What's Richard O'Brien's most famous film, Alec? Um, it, probably, if I, I guess... I'd say the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show starring Tim Curry. And that completes this week's obligatory Tim Curry reference. Still going strong. I'm enabling him now. You are enabling him. <laughs> Don't be proud of yourself. <laughs> um, so the next scene I wanted to talk about was the big fight scene with the floor knives. But if there's anything I've missed, you don't want to, please. You don't want to talk about... Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd happily spend a little bit of time talking about the boar worms and um, Princess Aura being, oh, yeah. <laughs> being whipped while strapped face down to a table in a PG-rated yeah. kids movie. Yeah. This is a PG-rated kids movie and she is being whipped. <laughs> Leg spread. <laughs> it's just a lot. There's a lot going on there. Holy shit. I can't believe... No, I watched it this time and I thought... 
And so, like this, this, taught, this shows you the naivety of a child. I do not remember that scene, and if I did, I was just say, yeah, well, she has done bad things, so <laughs> she gets tortured. And now I'm like, holy mother of God. I do remember, yeah. when I was writing my feature, I was actually emailing her, because uh, I was going to interview her, and I felt quite hot around the collar just emailing this woman. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but, but, I mean, talk about Clytus. Like, this is, that he he's had sex with her, he wants to have sex with her again, he's married her, but boy, does he like whipping her. <laughs> I mean, it's all... And then of all the different torture things that it could be, fucking boar worms. I mean, it already sounds seedy. It's a, a, a worm... It's a worm-shaped thing that that bores. Mm-hmm. They could have put anything. They could have had nibble rats, chewy <laughs> goblins, squeezy spiders, but boar worms. Um, and then they're going to banish her to Phrygia. <laughs> yeah, to Frigida. That's what I meant. You're going to be banished to Frigid? Squeezy spiders, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make it in my head I'm like you could have made it nicer fucking boar worms but yeah while the boar worms are boring into aura Flash and Timothy Dalton are plunging their arms as dare as they deep as deep as they dare into the holes of this tree stump so in and outs and plunging and stuff the best thing about that tree stump thing though is when Flash fakes it yeah. and pretends the wood beast has got him as if it's not enough that he's faked it and then attacks Timothy Dalton. He attacks him and goes, ha ha, I tricked you. <laughs> yeah. It's full Princess Bride. It yeah. because, as Michael Hodges puts it on this commentary, uh, he's a bit thick. <laughs> <sighs> um. So, yeah, massive fight in a cloud Place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cloud City. Cloud City. God, is that right? In, no, thank it's God. Sky City. Oh, in, in, you've in been the, kind. In the run up to the fight, uh, Brian Blessed says Gordon's alive in quite a low key way. Mm. Yeah. In not the way that he said it for 40 years since. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Everything I read is like, that's the, that's, I'm so glad I said that line. It solved my career, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was yeah. like, when you just went, Gordon's alive? Yeah. Like, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, because I've repeated that line ad infinitum. Everyone like, has. And yeah. I, yeah, and I, I, I've always gone, Gordon's alive! So does he. Right. But he, in the movie, goes, Gordon's alive. And he's, yeah, yeah. It's a question. And he sat down. Mm. So there's no, like, big... Yeah. He's built a career around misquoting himself. <laughs> yeah. Again, you've got to respect all power. I say yeah. it's how the Queen likes it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's an interesting point. Because uh, obviously the main relationship here, the romantic relationship is Dale and Flash, and they're reunited in Sky City. Uh, and things have moved on without them <laughs> seemingly have been in the same room yeah. uh, for the whole movie. Uh, she says, have I got some stories for you? And he says, save them for our kids. Yeah. Uh, moving fast. Uh, not been on a date yet. Also... Don't save them for your kids. You shouldn't be telling kids stories about sex puppets and boar worms. Yeah. But then she says, they get interrupted. She's like, we just got engaged. It's like, that's not what you said. You said you're going to have kids. <laughs> but you're, you're talking about the fight on the rotating disc. Just just before that fight, they're all standing around. And um, I got told two, two different versions of what was happening here. Michael Hodges said uh, that Timothy Dalton took this film a bit too seriously, and particularly this scene. He said there was this one time when Timothy Dalton's character, Baron, had been captured by the Hawkmen, and he thought that Brian Blessed's character, who he believed to be his equal, shouldn't have been on a pillar and should have been down with him which was a bit mad. He wanted them both on the same level. Okay. Um, this is Blessed's version of that story. Uh, great guy, Mike Hodges, but he won't take any shit from anybody. And Timothy's a lovely guy, but felt because he was a prince that he should be on the same level as me. Hodges explained that he was just a prisoner and had to stay down there. Dalton protested and Hodges just said, 
fucking stay down there. He's the fucking king and you're his fucking slave. Just fucking stay down there. I'm going for a slash. <laughs> no, I don't know if that happened or not. But <laughs> What a strange way to make your money. Uh, so yeah, but they're whipping each other yeah, on this combat disc. Of course it's whips. What other weapon would it yes. be? They could have given them any fucking weapon and it's yeah. like, whips. Give They've me got whips. a lot of spare It's incredibly homoerotic, I think, this scene is. Yeah, because of the way the knives like shoot up. Yeah, yeah and they're what? holding hands at the end of it, and like I don't know, it's just it's rude. Yeah, and then uh, Clytus turns up in his spaceship, which uh, again, as a child, I didn't realise is a massive metal penis. Yeah, it's <laughs> this giant phallic ship. It looks like a, a glim- glistening, glimmering dildo. <laughs> Probably the most famous porn film is Flesh Gordon. Yeah. the spoof of this. Yeah, and when you watch this now, you think, why did they bother? Exactly, the porn film was <laughs> the original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Clytus also just talk about torturing uh, Aurora, uh, his wife to be, and goes, "Interesting girl. I think she rather enjoyed it." Character, mm. character. It's fine. Um, the knives in the floor thing, though, I did really like that. Yeah, because I know this is a stupid thing to say. But there's really knives in the floor, so they're not like CGI knives, are they? You've got two actors. They're not. They're not knives. <laughs> no, no, I understand they may not be sharpened. There, there's there's rods with kind of rubber on top of but them. But it would still hurt. It definitely you... it definitely hurt them. Uh, they definitely got hurt doing it, and yeah. they and also, I mean, it was real. That that, that disc was flipping like that. They were falling off it, so yeah. it was actually a really dangerous fight sequence. Yeah. I had a lot of respect for it because it looks real because it is real. It looks a bit cheap, but it looks cheap in a fun way. And you've been able to say to these two actors, I'm very sorry, but you're probably going to get like this rod thing in your back at best, up your bum at worst, whatever, but can you just carry on? And they did. So I liked that moment. It's my second favourite scene. After the tree stump as a kid, this was the scene I remember the most. Yeah. Uh, so here's Ming offering Flash the earth, but he does the right thing and he flees on a jet ski. A rocket cycle, darling. Sure. Rocket cycle. Because <laughs> um, he, he gets the immortal line, I'm flying blind on a rocket cycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, but um, as you say, he's off a of Flash of Kingdom, and and this is the line I think that stayed from the Nick Rogue version. Oh, this is the best line he, in he, it. He he says, "I want to breed with her and send out Imperial progeny back to repopulate your Earth." Yeah, that's definitely the Nick Rogue plot. No, the line I'm thinking of, which I really stuck out as a brilliant line, was about I can't remember. Flash Gordon says something like, "But people will be unhappy." Doesn't he say something like? They won't be unhappy enough or they'll have just enough or something like it's really dark. Like uh, people will fall in line if you do this thing, um, mm. which I thought was very mature, mm. like thematically, etc. Well, while he's on um, the uh, rocket cycle, Dale and Aura are having a pillow fight. They're having a we pillow love fight. a pillow fight, don't how, we? How do you feel about that, Victoria? It, was, it seems like only the other week we were talking about how you're not a fan of women being represented through pillow fights. It doesn't make a piece of sense, does it? Because why are they not just kicking the shit out of each other? They're mad as hell with each other. And all they do is whack each other with a satin cushion. Well, Aura's there to give some information to Dale as well to help her out, which is that her father always drinks a power potion before he makes love. Power potion. <laughs> we all. But then... The... <laughs> but then oh, it'd, be, it'd be great if he was just sitting there necking pints going, <laughs> power potion. Special brew. <laughs> need to get a bit drunk, otherwise yeah. I'm self-conscious. Just a Stella for me and I'll be ready. But then I don't this... like myself naked, but if I'm drunk, I don't mind. <laughs> But then there's a bit of baffling logic here from Dale about she's she's something something about committing to being a good wife, which is she's going to put out 
because she said she would. And she says something to Princess Aura, like, we, uh, us humans, when we say something, we mean it, and that's our word. And it's like, you don't have to go along with this the rape of yourself. Like, But she's like, no, no, I said I would, so I will. So I'll learn a lesson from me. And it's like, that's okay. No, that's not fine, but whatever. Well, I mean, if... If you were going to get married, though, and you did say, you have to sort of but go... The marriage thing made me laugh as well because the whole scene, when the huge fight is going on, you've got Dale being walked down the aisle crying because it's not the wedding she wanted, presumably. Although she... I'd argue that it's... In terms of expense spent on a wedding, it's pretty... It's cost a fair bit, so she should be happy about that. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway... But she's crying like it's a real... I can't explain. She's crying like it's her real wedding. She's like, I don't want to get married. It's like, you're in space. <laughs> this is an alien overlord. You might get to go home, but even if you don't get to go home, it's not a real wedding, is it? It's not your real marriage. It's not... You don't have to do these things that this man... You, you, obviously but she's might going to have to. That's why she's crying. Because... She should, that's the thing she should be crying about the honeymoon. She shouldn't be crying about the wedding. Like you say, it's quite expensive. Right. There's probably oh, so you agree with me now. Yeah, yeah, all right. So she didn't enjoy the day. And have then... fun on the day. <laughs> panic about the night time. Realise yeah. what's going to happen yeah. oh, when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're alone. Forget Problems. about that. Have, yeah. a, have a power potion. Have a drink. <laughs> the, Girl. Pe- <laughs> the people of Mongo have told as well, all creatures will make merry under pain of death. Mm. Right. Which makes me think of all the awful weddings I've been to. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you've got to do that, don't you? <laughs> don't you just, when someone comes like that, do you want to go in the Fartar booth? It's like, no, I don't. I want to drink this wine that you've paid for and then leave. I've been. I've got hassled once to do video. Do you want to do the video okay? I was like, well, what is this? Video karaoke. I was like nine months pregnant. I was like, I am not standing up for anyone and I'm not doing that. Or, or not. Have you done the video okay? No, I haven't. Nine months? That would have been a hell of a video if you dropped during the song. That's, that's how I was like, I mean, even I'm not allowed to pass. Like, I, if I stand up, I may go into labour. I'd argue that you're not coming to my wedding. <laughs> you sound like a truly terrible no, wedding guest. No, I'm not a wedding. I yeah, are you? Because yeah. that didn't sound like it. No, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to drink my drink. And you, Fuck off. But you paid for it, Alex. <laughs> no, I just don't. You, and you just said, I don't like enforced yeah. fun. Hey, Vix, we've got, we got a photo booth. Do you want to go? Fuck no, off. Fuck off. <laughs> just because you bought me a drink, you don't get to tell me what to do. That's my line. Yeah, I don't get invited to that many weddings, actually. I, did, I didn't buy you a drink. I paid for all the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> wedding that you've I've chosen you to be at. Yeah, I know. I, I, I have just one photo just one photograph. No. No. Alex, will one of your wedding vows be uh, you won't blast Nettie into space until such time as you grow weary with her? <laughs> That's an amazing line. Yeah. Uh, when we were watching that I just looked at her for a long time and didn't say anything. So I think she got the message. I think that's a yes. <laughs> uh, so there's a very long battle going on around this wedding. Yeah, to the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack. Did anyone notice that the soundtrack sounds a lot like uh, the soundtrack to Airwolf? Uh, do you remember the TV show Airwolf in the eighties? No. It's like Knight Rider but with a helicopter. Well, you oh, would. Okay. De- well, then it would be Air- Airwolf sounding like this yeah, rather yeah. than the other way around. I mean, I've got an example just in case anyone really wants to hear it. Die! So that's Flash Gordon, mm. and this is Airwolf. Uh, I think you agree. They sound Love the Airwolf. same. Love the music. Uh, yep. Uh, I never great. made that connection, and I love that Airwolf music. So good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. Jan Michael. Jan Michael Vincent playing cello by Lake. Mm. <laughs> that sounds good. Mm. Um, so, a very long battle. Uh, Princess Aura and 
uh, Prince Barin get re-engaged or engaged and she's had a big character journey and I really like this scene and I, I love those guys together. I think they're super cute. Yep, agreed. Uh, Timothy Dalton's got a great moment here when um, uh, he sort of takes his use of bastard to the next <laughs> level uh, when he runs into the control room and you think, you've used bastard a lot at this point and... How are you going to up the game? How are you going to up up it? And he, he runs into the control room and he goes, "Freeze, you bloody bastards!" It's <laughs> <laughs> too much of a gentleman to say you fucking bastard because that's your obvious next step. I yeah. think it's a cool death for for Ming though. The the spike of the spaceship mm. going through him like a penis, like a penis. Exactly. Like, see, sex, sex, sex. Something I've not seen before on screen though, which is what you're looking for in these things. Yeah. And and his 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 power fading and him disappearing. I think he gets a good. I think he. I think his character is great all the way through this, and I think he gets the ending he deserves. Yeah, mm-hmm. my favorite bit at the end. I can't remember who says it, but someone. Everything's fine, and someone says to Flash, Dale, and Zarkov, "You're certainly invited to stay," which is the most British thing in the world. You know, when someone says, "Oh, you should come for dinner," fucking don't, don't stay. <laughs> Again. I'm not going to invite you for dinner either. What's wrong with you? you? Don't mean You're the it. worst guest ever. Would you? Would you like to stay? We're going to have a no. I've eaten. I'm off home. Food was fine. All right. It was all right. Uh, Timothy Dalton is brilliant because he shoots everything. At the end, it, it becomes a bit of a joke. Like rather than like using controls, he just shoots stuff and it works. My favorite is when he wants to get in the lift and he just shoots the up button. And gets in the lift. Like that's going to work. And then there's a tripod he finds on the ground that had a gun on it and he just kicks it over for no reason. He's quite angry. <laughs> He's obviously having a brilliant time. He's having a great time. That's all I have. That's the end. Yeah, and the end, we, we get the sort of fake ending as well where Ming's dead, but his gloved hand picks up the ring. Yeah. And I think it's the end with a question mark. It, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. And Ming laughs and, and, and sadly we never got that sequel. No sequel. I know. All because of the dispute between Diana De Laurentiis and Sam Jones. That's a shame. I would yeah, have, well, I would have well, loved the sequel. Why would that stop a sequel? It, yeah, because... it, didn't quite, it just didn't quite make enough money. It did well in the UK. It didn't really do much business in America. You know, they the, the plan was for this to do Star Wars business and it just... It did about... Yeah. It did just, it just... It doubled its budget. So it was about, what, 25 million? Maybe just under double its budget. I think it made about 40 million. The man that wrote the book that I was talking about with the... I think I read this quote in that interview about, with the one with the Nick Rogue drawings. He said it's the, the overnight hit that took 40 years because everyone loves it now, but at the time it just didn't land. Well, I loved it at the yeah. time. Um, but yeah. I loved it at the time and I loved it this time for very different reasons. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm, yeah. I wonder if I'm going to watch it at like 70 and see an entirely different film. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched that Life After Flash documentary though. Do you know what Sam Jones is doing now when he's not acting and going to Comic-Cons? No. Um, he's a security professional. He transports VIPs back and forth across the Mexican border because he genuinely, he was a Marine before he became an actor. Right. And he's gone back to that kind of in, in, the, in the private sector. Just across the Mexican border, but the, the legal border... He doesn't like hoist them over a no 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 like, chuck them over. He looks a wall. up when when so say you're a rich American businessman you're going yep. to Mexico to do some business yeah he will be with you um protecting you when you're in Mexico close personal protection oh yeah. I see yeah I it's see. pretty dangerous work really yeah okay and is he uh, is, but does he do a lot of the cocaine to do that like he does in Ted or is that just for the rock? <laughs> No, it's his, his children are really unhappy about that. I think uh, he's been very clean for the last 20 odd years. Uh-huh. And so his kids saying that's not him. But Patrick Warburton, 
who an actor who's a good friend of his, um, says Sam Jones in that first movie was Sam at my bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever want to know the plot of Ted, Brian Blessed will be happy to spend 10 minutes telling you it, even if you told him you've seen the movie. The bear fucks everything. <laughs> uh, okay, so we do the bits. Yeah. Uh, your best scene, Alex? The wood beast in the stump of doom. Uh, like I, we said earlier, I remember being so tense watching that as a kid. And genuinely to this day, I am so careful about putting my hand in nooks, crannies. Oh, yeah. And I do mean this. Like, if I can't see what's in something. No, I wouldn't do like, it. And I'm putting my hand in. The wood beast appears in my head and I'm like, don't do that. Well, because it's someone so, else I do don't. I, used to, I watched like the first two series of I'm a Celebrity, the jungle thing. And there's a lot of putting your hands in a box there, mm. and, but it's, it is something fucking awful in there. Mm. And to me, that challenge makes perfect sense as why it's horrifying because it's terrifying to put your hand in. Yeah, definitely. But that's a TV show, and they're not going to really kill you. Whereas, like you know, you could put your hand in it like a hole in a rock face, and there could be something in there not ever previously discovered in your real life. Yeah, in Highgate. You think you're going to put your hand? You don't know we're discovering new species all the time. So, uh, yeah, okay. I might, I might be on Hampstead Heath and I might be putting my hand in a big hole. You might. And, you know, there might be something in there that I don't want to find. Okay. Chris? It's the same. Mm. The test Is of it? manhood. And, but, it, but this, I'm so conflicted about this film and I'm so conflicted about that scene. It's my least favourite scene in the film. And yeah, I'm picking it as my favourite scene from okay. the film because it made such an impression on me. It's so ingrained in my brain. And uh, Hodges said on, the, on that commentary, he said, I've met a lot of young people who've never forgotten this sequence and I'm definitely one of them. So, okay. yeah, it's just it, it's, it's because it's so memorable. Okay. I, I did like when uh, Dr. Zarkov has his mind emptied because it's like, family, wife, Hitler. <laughs> okay. That's family. Fast. Dead wife. <laughs> what? Nazis. Ah. Um, but the knife fight, because I think it's a, a very well choreographed scene. Um, your most valuable whatever, Chris. Now, this is tricky mm, on this film because uh, Brian Blessed is very good in this. Max von Sydow is fantastic in this. But I'm amazed we've come this far and not really talked about Queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going for Brian May um, because I feel like that Flash song, which is far from one of my favourite Queen songs, but I feel like he has taken a comic book and turned it into a song. Yeah. That's what that music is. Um, it's the heartbeat of the film, literally. Uh, and it was quite revolutionary at the, si- at the time to underscore... A, a superhero movie, a science fiction movie with rock music. You would use electronica, you'd use futuristic music or classical music like like Kubrick. So, yeah, I think that soundtrack's really dramatic and exciting and romantic. And it's really interesting because when I interviewed May, he told me that, that De Laurentiis said that that Flash theme would never be used in his film when he heard it, did not like it. Mm. And yet it's so much an identity of the film because it obviously did get used in the end. So, yeah, uh, Brian May for writing Flash. Apparently, uh, when Dino De Laurentiis uh, was first approached by Queen's manager about the band being interested in scoring the film, his uh, reaction was, who are the Queens? (laughs) (laughs) What's yours? Oh, mine is... So, so again, it was a a Mm. weird one. uh, Because as a kid, I remember Blessed being like this huge character in it but watching it this time it's Dalton because he really commits to the role and apparently 
he just did it for a paycheck. He wasn't really that into it in the same way a lot of the other actors got into it. Like, yeah, he was a Shakespearean him. actor, really, up to that right. point, Dalton, yeah. So he wasn't like, this is great. He was just, and yeah, he's brilliant. Honestly, freeze, you bloody bastards. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that's a good impression. It's a bit Sean Bean, but that's not... <laughs> he's not far off. What it, it, yeah. yes, he's got he's got a northern. Yeah, he's, to, he's toned back his northernness. I think in in the in the intervening forty years. Yeah, because he would say bastard now, wouldn't he? If you asked him. No, I think you he'd think say so. bastard. Oh, I do. Yeah. I, do I do like. We that. need to rewatch Hot Fuzz and see how he speaks in yeah, that. Yeah, mm. I do find it very attractive. Um, mine is. Ornello Muti. Is it Muti? You've interviewed him. Oh, as yeah. I, no, I never, the interview never happened, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a short one, eh? <laughs> Not for the first time. <laughs> I think your mouth is too close to the receiver. <laughs> You're heavy breathing. <laughs> I think she look, I mean she looks astonishing. Mm. But she's the she's the person with the arc. She gets a character arc. What does what is Dale's arc here? Like she was a bad travel agent now she's been around the world and been to space and she's not scared of flying anymore like you don't even know that about her and Flash's arc no fucking idea there is a one no and, and that's part of the problem with the, with the you know they all said that going into it that Flash, Flash Gordon never really changes he is this big dim hero that, that gets on with things and never learns lessons yeah. really and I do like the fact that she's over sexualized or presented as over sexualized at the beginning then she she's very much punished for that with the, the whips and the worms very much, very much. <laughs> the ball worms very much punished the for that. Squeezy spiders. But then when she sort of comes back to herself and she gets re-engaged or engaged with Timothy Dalton, she's still sexy. She's still like, I haven't given up on that. She's just like, I'm a changed person, mm. but I'm still banging to that. Which yeah. is good. <laughs> and now, now, now it's making me sad that we didn't get a sequel actually to see how these characters would have continued to interact with each other because they are actually an interesting group of characters, wouldn't they? Because yeah. she's going to turn evil again. Baron's going to betray someone again. And I, yep. I've never really thought about wanting a sequel to this, but doing this is making me think it might have been fun. Let's get it done. <laughs> um, uh, what would you change, Alex? Uh, I think if you've got a race of warrior bird men and they are meant to be heroic and cool and this is going to be a very personal thing, give them boots. Uh, strappy sandals. Uh, I don't know. It's a hard, it's a hard no from me. I, I cannot stand the footwear that the Hawkmen wear in this film. It's uh, too strappy. And they're, they're too sandaly, and mm. there's just feet, and then men's feet as well. And famously, men do not look after their feet as well as women. I, so it's a it's a it's a grotesquery to me. I wonder what Brian Bless's feet look like Horrible now. Horrible things, because you know he's been up a few, he's been up a few mountains. <laughs> just gnarled. He's an thick, explorer. Thick skin. Hooves. Black black nails. I bet, I bet his feet He's probably lost a toe or two. <laughs> I bet his feet now look like hobbit feet. <laughs> I really talk about this a lot. I don't mind feet. No, me neither. But when I saw those feet, I was like, whoa, that, that tested even me, and I'm really all They're right. They're frigging birds. You can't put your shoes on birds. Of course you can. You can do anything to birds. <laughs> you literally can't. I'm just gonna jump in with my change because my change is also about the hairy angels which is can we just get a bit of chest wax please because I'm not even I don't mind a hairy chest I think it looks nice Fine. thank you but it's just just so much of it like it's just overwhelming the amount of like tightly coiled I felt hair. like I was at home looking at them that's true I'm you, one of you them you could join them you are yeah that's very true you look you, you look like a, a, an angel without its wings <laughs> What's your change? Um, oh, I, I definitely didn't feel this at the time, but being older and being a bit more responsible, I hate to sound like a prude, but this is a kid's film, so I might remove some of the sex, some of the S&M and some of the incest from this kid's film. Boring. I know, I know. It's awful, isn't it? And <laughs> I feel stupid square. saying it, but... 
It's the truth. So we're done. All right, then. That is Flash Gordon done. Hey, oh, do you know what we should do? A quiz. Let's do a quiz. I've simplified it. Last week, it got a bit too complicated. Back to a simple quiz. Uh, I mentioned Flesh Gordon earlier. Mm. Maybe the most famous porn parody of all time. Have you seen Flesh Gordon, Victoria? No. Oh, we should watch it. Great. <laughs> we should have done that with Flash Gordon. <laughs> so, uh, porn parodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to throw some, I'm going to fire some titles at Why you. Why are you suddenly in your fucking element? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a pilot for a movie quiz show on MTV years ago that I was hosting. Um, I found out it hadn't got picked up when I was walking back into MTV and I was on the phone to the guy who uh, commissioned the pilot and I was like, do you think it's going to get commissioned, turned into a series? And he was like, oh, we don't know at the moment, still talking about it. And as I was walking in, I was watching the prop guys throwing the set in skip. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, my God! I was like, really, you're not sure? He's like, no, I'm still in discussions. I'm like, oh, okay. He's tearing oh. up a poster of Alex. <laughs> oh, no, but that's to, terrible. To answer your question, uh, we did a round on porn parody, so okay. I may have an advantage here. Okay. And you've probably seen them. More like to see them than Vicky. So are these true or false? Did I make them up or do they exist? Um, who banged Roger Rabbit? <laughs> True. False. It is false. I made that up. Okay. Uh, tits a wonderful life. <laughs> false. It's true. Is it? There's a movie called Tits a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Do you know anything about the plot? <laughs> I don't. Some of these I have I have made notes for the plot, but not that one. Uh, the Da Vinci Load. Not true. That's not sexy. No, I don't like that. False. That is true. What? Uh, this porn parody starts with some girls finding out the Mona Lisa was painted with semen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then, then the truth comes out. <laughs> That's such a good story. <laughs> the trouble is, because it's porn, when they found out it was painted with semen, they'd, have, they'd be, pretend to be pleased. <laughs> Whereas in the real world, be like, it was what? But they'd have to be like, oh, great. <laughs> when did who did it? Let's find him. Let's find him before I get him. Oh, I'm glad you enjoy these because I've got a lot. <laughs> I went a bit mad with this. Uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> true. It has to be. And if it's not, it should have been. It's true. It is true. Yes. Uh, orgy on the Orient Express. True. Um, uh, true. False. I made that up. Oh. Get right in. Womb, womb Raider. False. That's gross. Uh, do you know, I I think that's false. It sort of works as a gag. Actually, you know, I bet someone's done it. True. It's true. Yep. Yep. Starring Cara Loft. Um, what is pornographic about it? If you, <laughs> if you raid someone's womb, then... what what isn't pornographic? Can we about? can we concentrate on can we concentrate on the fact that she's called Cara Loft instead of Lara Croft? <laughs> um. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Bone. <laughs> Absolutely true. True. That is true. There's actually about 10 different versions of Harry Potter spoofs okay. um, with different names. Uh, 21 Hump Street. True. False. It's too tame. It's true. Oh. Uh, the king... <laughs> Let's <laughs> 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 have a water. Yeah. Is it that sexy? You got dry mouth. <laughs> the curious case of <laughs> <laughs> the curious case of Benjamin Buttocks. <laughs> false. Uh, false. That is false. Sorry, I was laughing at my own joke. But <laughs> no, never apologise for that. Um, and sorry for this next one. Uh, Planet of the Gapes. <laughs> true. 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 They've made a trilogy. <laughs> uh, 
Sorry, give you both a point there. Uh, oh. Cloudy with a chance of meat and balls. <laughs> <laughs> if you've made that up, I, I'm, I don't even know. That is incredible. So I'm going to say it's true. False. It's false. I made it. Did up. you make that up? That is amazing. <laughs> Who's going to make a porn parody of a cartoon? Um, we're getting there. Uh, Mary, Mary pops in. <laughs> true. Oh, true. True. Correct. Um, Saturday night beaver. True. 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 Correct. Uh, Air Force come. <laughs> Jesus Christ. False. True. It is false. Oh yuck. Uh, Come on. But there is... <laughs> no, there, but it wasn't that big enough a movie to go, do you know what I want to see? <laughs> Although, actually, sex on a plane with a yeah. president. Yeah, I'd, I'd have... There is no Air Force come, but there is a ready player come. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, look who's porking. True. True. False, I made that up. Oh, I thought I'd seen that. <laughs> uh, the Italian... Actually, bl- think about it. It's about a baby. <laughs> You've you got to think about what the movie there is, is that they're parodying. Well, even though the Mona Lisa is painted with semen, you have to think about the movie. They could just yeah, tell the yeah, baby. But the Mona Lisa is like... The, look who's yeah, talking. Right. Even it's, if it's the baby's baby. not in it. Yeah. What, what do you do? You're like, a, you're exactly, a you just Because you're watching the porn thing, yeah. when's the baby coming in? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah the right. Italian blowjob. True. False. It's true. Oh, rubbish. Uh, titty, titty, gangbang. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, it is true. Well played, both of you. Uh, titty, titty, gangbang is real. Um, Alice threw the looking ass. Oh, I'm going to say uh, false. false. You're both right. That is false. I made that up. Sorry. Um, American cream pie. Uh, true. False. It is true. What? <laughs> uh, we're nearly there. Four left. Uh, Thomas the Wank Engine and Friends. <laughs> false. True. It's false. Oh, it's a kid's show. I uh, wanted that to be true. Though. You are now both <laughs> on. <laughs> you are both on ten apiece with three remaining. Uh, Pacific rimming. True. False. Vicky gets that one right. Oh. That is true. Uh, Avengers Infinity Hall. <laughs> false. false. Too expensive. <laughs> That's true. Is it? Yeah, they made Avengers Infinity War. And I think from the looks of the poster, they spent a bit of money on it. Right. Oh. High, high production values. And finally, finally, Alex, you need this to draw. Right. Uh, we're going to finish with a festive flick. <laughs> Literally. Um, Miracle on 69th Street. True. True. Oh, wait, I'll have to go false then. I think it's true. It's true. Vicky's oh. won. Vicky is the winner. Well Vicky played, Vicky. Vicky is the porn baron. Yes. And I'll be honest, that was really hard to do because every time I made up with the most shocking, weird one I could, it was real. <laughs> There's so many real ones. It's mad. They've you done do everything. Round at your house now. There's like a task force yeah. knocking on the door because of your search I, I, look who's I, can't, I can't wait, Nina, to look at it. No, I'm just, I think I was looking at a website. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> you know, because there's that thing that you do. You know, I didn't realise that you can actually just, cl- for a long time this is, I didn't realise you could clear individual sites from your okay. mm, yeah, laptop history. Ago. Yeah, it's useful. Because so, I just used to clear the, whole thing. clear the whole history, which actually makes you look more guilty yeah, yeah. when someone comes to the laptop oh, and, goes, and goes, Have well, been on the internet? apparently this laptop has never been used <laughs> to go on the internet. But now you know, <laughs> so... Mm. Right. Weird way to end the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, let's look ahead. Uh, Let's move away from pornography and on to your choices uh, for next week, Victoria. What is your clue for next week's movies? Uh, The clue is 
Christmas is all around me, especially my Airbnb. All right, so yeah, we should say it's our Christmas countdown uh, Clash Pod special next week. Uh, we're starting uh, with Vicky's movies, and then as it goes on from there, basically we're counting down to Christmas on Clash Pod. So we're doing Christmas movies from here on in. But we are going to be back on Thursday to talk Guardians of the Galaxy. In the meantime, please do rate and review us and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or indeed other. It's hugely appreciated. Back with Guardians on Thursday. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.